0: I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central episode 174 for the Easter weekend starting 14 April 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, internet solutions said to be in talks to buy dark fibre Africa.
1: Also this week, Nussbatch to pump almost a billion rand into Takealot, a big restructuring at Datatech, Hetzner is peering at NAP Africa, and Star Trek's Tricorder, almost a reality... Yeah,
0: time to connect up the XLR ports for another podcast recording.
1: Well, Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechot? How's it, Duncan? We are Skyping again. All these holidays are getting in the well of way of our normal uh, in-studio recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the Skype uh, is working well. Um uh, those who listened last week to last week's show uh, will have heard us talking about how impressed we were with the quality. But you may have noticed that there was quite a bit of compression on Rechard's voice. Mm, mm. Um, that's because we came up with a really odd uh, problem, which we haven't been able to resolve yet,
0: or replicate actually. Well, I haven't w- been able to get it right. To yeah.
1: replicate it, so the quality of Rechard's voice should be much better this week.
0: <laughs> Let's hope that it's battery again. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, last week we we ran into some serious troubles with the pitch. Um, so Rechard wasn't oh, yeah. he, he wasn't he hadn't didn't go full chipmunk on us but uh he was kind of <laughs> half chipmunk uh, and uh, we had to uh, we had to do some serious post um, recording editing uh, to get the pitch fixed um and that it did have an impact uh, on the uh quality of uh reha's voice so mm. i'm sure the audio files out there probably picked that up and were wondering why we were going on about how good the audio was sounding when,
0: in fact, it didn't sound that great. <laughs> um, I think it was i think it was a sample rate issue. Um, I tweaked a little bit. I, it could be that, but, yeah, maybe maybe somebody can uh, lead us in on that little trick. It
1: could have been, yeah. It was the first time we've come across it. I mean, you know, we do have um, other podcasters listening to this podcast. I know Glenn, Glenn Varan in Cape Town listens to this podcast, and he's a keen podcaster. Maybe, uh, Rechot, uh, just explain uh, the exact technological solution you are you, using last week to record uh, and maybe Glenn or someone else uh, can drop us an email and uh, let us know
0: what it might have been. So yeah, basically the setup here, uh, Duncan, as you know, it's I've got a Zoom uh, H4n recorder that I'm plugging directly into my computer. Um, so last week I was recording through external microphone. Today I'm recording directly into the Zoom. Um, and then I'm also, yeah, so I've got it set up in Skype um, as the main audio source. Um, and I've double-checked all my... My sample rates on the device. I think there may have been a setting on the device that caused some digitization because obviously the two didn't match up uh, in terms of the sample rates. Mm. Um, I also increased the, the bit rate. I don't think that would have made a difference, but just to get uh, better fidelity out of the audio that I'm recording on my side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I've got an audition recording running, so as a backup, uh, we should be fine. I did check it today, it's, uh, and it sounded good. So um, yeah, you're holding thumbs.
1: No, this is sounding sounding good, and uh, well, it sounded good last week too. So I, I guess the proof will be in the pudding, but uh, it sounds pretty good. So um, we'll probably just use the, uh, the 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 Skype audio that I'm recording directly uh, onto the Zoom H6, which I have here with yeah. me, uh, and um, and we'll probably just go with that. But you are recording this to your Zoom H4 directly or on your computer through your Zoom H4. so yeah, my- my Zoom is
0: my, private, uh, my, my, my primary uh, recording uh, microphone at the moment, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got that as a
1: backup as well. So if Re- Rechart is sounding particularly crystal clear in this uh, podcast, that means we will have uh, used his backup rather than uh, the Skype recording. But uh, it sounds to me like the Skype recording is going to work perfectly this time around. Cool. Great stuff. Great stuff. That's a bit of information for the uh, podcasters out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anyone knows what that might have been causing that issue, please drop us a line. Our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. We'd love to get to the bottom of it so we know it doesn't ever replicate again. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's, get, let's start with our uh, quiz. Richard, do you want to kick it off with the
0: first question? Sure. The first question for this uh, Easter weekend, uh, Naspers plans to invest 960 million rand in Take-A-Lot, which will see its stake in the company increase to 53.5%. Who is the second biggest shareholder in take Yeah,
1: that's quite a deal. We're going to talk about that uh, in the news just now. Uh, our second question, Vula Investments subsidiary, Vula Telematics is planning to build a nationwide Internet of Things network using which company's technology? And it's an American company.
0: The third question. The Guptas PR firm this week resigned as a client of the controversial family's business Oak Bay Investments. Who are they? And for a bonus point, where are they headquartered?
1: Our fourth question. Which two South African headquartered telecommunications companies had their ratings outlooks cut this week by Standard & Poor's?
0: And the final question. Datatech is in talk to sell one of its subsidiaries for more than $800 million. What is this subsidiary called?
1: That's our quiz. As always, we'll get to the answers to those questions at the end of the show. A couple of uh, difficult ones in there this week. Um, something to exercise uh, yeah. to exercise the <laughs> brains brain cells, yeah. over the uh, Easter weekend. Uh, but it is Easter. Yeah, Rachat, uh, have you uh, got any uh, chocolate
0: uh, chocolate bunnies yet? No, I'm trying to cut back on the chocolate bunnies. Um, My my reward for the long Easter weekend is uh, housework, uh, house chores. I've got some outside uh, DIY stuff that I'm doing. So I'm kind of keeping busy in between the podcast recordings.
1: Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to clean my pool, so lots of... <laughs> <laughs> the only
0: time we have is these long weekends. Long weekends,
1: you know? yeah, I'm so busy otherwise. But uh, there's lots of news that happened this week, despite the fact that it was a short week. Uh, so let's jump straight into that. And without doubt, the biggest uh, news uh, this week, uh, Bloomberg breaking it, uh, I think it was on th- Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday, uh, Internet Solutions, which of course is a um, division of uh, Dimension Data, which itself mm. is a subsidiary of Japan's NTT, um, is reportedly in discussions uh, with a view to acquiring Dark Fiber Africa um, from RemGro, which owns just over 50% of the business. Uh, it's quite a quite a significant uh, development in our local telecommunications landscape. Oh, yeah. That's massive. Um, Dark Fiber Africa, of course, hasn't been around that long. I think they started Business 5 said maybe seven years ago. Yeah. Um, but they've been hugely successful um, rolling out, um, I think initially, Deploying fiber uh, for um, Vodacom and some of the other mobile operators to their base oh. stations. But um, but really building a, a footprint across the metro areas, uh, across, uh, um, between cities. Uh, they've built a lot of fiber infrastructure in South Africa. Uh, and uh, they're um, reportedly, uh, certainly at an EBITDA level, they are said to be quite profitable. Uh, and um, and, do, and doing really well, expanding very quickly. Um, and it's, but it's an interesting move, I think, uh, for internet solutions, which uh, in, historically hasn't really got into the telecommunications infrastructure game. Mm-hmm. This will put mm-hmm. them in that telecoms infrastructure game uh, quite substantially. Um, yeah. And yeah, one, I think won- it's- one wonders why there's uh, an apparent, if assuming the the, st- the article is correct, uh, why there's been this apparent uh, change in strategy
0: yeah definitely I think it 's a good thing though uh, I mean obviously you want to own the entire pipeline from uh, infrastructure to the actual bandwidth or the data side behind it uh, as any company want to grow, I guess you know what's what 's the next uh, point you know you own more of your industry um, so you don 't have to pay external companies um, you know, for the for their developments deployments
1: yeah yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but it's a, a big deal. I mean, the the rumor is it could fetch up to ten billion rand. Uh, wow. So uh, we're talking uh, we're talking quite quick, uh, big big <laughs> money here. And uh, presumably, this would yeah. have to get uh, the financial backing of uh, Dimension Data and probably NTT as well for it to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, uh, Dark Fiber Africa has an open access fiber policy, so IS could get access to this fiber anyway. So why do they have to own the infrastructure? Um, i'd like to interrogate that more and get some have some deeper understanding uh, i I guess they're not talking at the moment, but you know assuming the deal goes ahead, get some real insight into what the thinking is behind this because mm. it is mm. an open access network and um, so i s can get access to any of the fiber that it wants to on that network um, Will there be a change in that open access policy if internet solutions is successful in this acquisition? Uh, i think that could um, um annoy a lot of dark fiber africa's clients if they do change that approach uh so yeah i I, it, I don't know what the thinking is behind this deal and uh it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one to watch if it goes ahead uh, certainly um it's a big bet by internet solutions and dimension data mm. if they go ahead yeah so it, not the only big news this week the other big news is of course is that naspas is going to invest 960 million rand into take a lot uh the which I think is the country's biggest e-commerce retailer. Um, yeah. And uh, what's interesting is their stake is going up from around 41%, 42% uh, to over 50%. They're going to have 53.5% stake. Wow. So it's a new equity injection by Naspass. What's interesting is that um, Tiger Global Management, who was the equal shareholder with Naspash in the business, I think also sitting on around 41% of the business, mm-hmm. uh, is, has sat out this equity investment round. And I wonder why. Uh, so their shareholding is going to be diluted, uh, I think, to around 34%, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, so Paris is going to be the biggest shareholder. But interestingly enough, even though they're investing almost a billion rand in Take-A-Lot, and their um, economic interest in the business is uh, going to be over 50% now, they still won't have control of the company. Uh, they'll still have mm-hmm. the same number of board seats. So Nuspass still has two, two um, members of the board. And Tiger Global Management also has two members of the board. Um so an interesting one. NASPAS agreeing to pump all this money in for no for agree while still agreeing not to take control of the business, which is an mm. interesting mm. one. I do wonder what the thinking was behind that. Uh there's a fifth board seat and that's occupied by Kim Reed, who is the CEO of Take A Lot and uh, also the third shareholder, or his company is the third shareholder uh in the business. Um, so it could be argued, I suppose, that uh, ultimately Kim Reed has control of the business because if yeah. uh, if Take and, uh, and have a disagree, uh, sorry, if Tiger Global and Naspers have a disagreement, he costs the deciding vote. Yeah, uh, quite a powerful but, position, yeah. I suppose, yeah. So it's an interesting one, um, interesting position, and an interesting decision by Naspers to invest all this money without mm. taking control of the business. Uh, they have obviously have um, controlling economic interest, but not uh, control of the board
0: yeah yeah i'm sure they'll make a lot of money off that they'll get some uh some cash in that invention yeah. back uh, soon
1: but certainly a big um, um vote of confidence from naspart in Takealot. a uh mm. take a lot is not a, a publicly traded company so we've got no insight into uh its profitability or otherwise or just how it's doing uh its revenues must be expanding at a at quite a clip um you know i uh I see Take-A-Lot delivery vehicles on the road everywhere these days. Um, Of course, they do that through Mr. D or Mr. Delivery, which they acquired a couple of years ago. Um, They're building uh, a big warehouse. I think it's still in the process of being built um, uh, near the airport here in Johannesburg. Of course, they're Mm. a Cape Town-based company, um, but a big facility being constructed here. So they're they're investing a lot of money and uh, – We, of course, spoke on this podcast a a couple of weeks ago about the deal in uh, the Middle East where Amazon.com acquired uh, Souk.com, which Mm. uh, was owned by Naspash, co-owned by Naspash and Tiger Global Management. So this deal coming just a couple of weeks after that deal was announced, I think that was a billion dollar deal, if I recall correctly. Uh, May have been. uh, I think it was a bit less, actually. I think it was rumored to be a billion, and worked out to six hundred million. I could be remembering remembering those numbers slightly incorrectly, Uh, but certainly a big investment by Amazon.com. And one wonders whether uh, some of the um, uh, some of the um, money that they've realized through that transaction, they're uh, reinvesting into uh, into Mm. into take a lot. Uh, And one also wonders whether, you know, they're they're building uptake a lot to potentially be acquired by Amazon at some point. Um, It's difficult. I mean, that's pure speculation. uh, But I suppose if the right offer comes along, they'd accept it.
0: If I were to bet on that, uh, the reason why why uh, Naspers is investing, I would say there's a future potential because they really are gearing up for something big. Um, mm. They're pumping obviously a lot of money into into the um, the logistics. They are, and I think that's something that needs to be. Whether they get bought out by Amazon or whether they're the, the, the South African partner for Amazon, I mean, either of those two could be, uh, you know, they plausible plausible uh, reasons.
1: Yeah, does Amazon partner though, or does it? Uh does it prefer to come in directly itself because i mean it's it's got it's got a relentless focus on customer service and it's got very strict mm-hmm. um, customer service policies in place um Would they risk their re- reputation by working through a third party um or would they prefer to come in and acquire? I'm not sure
0: um I suspect yeah, you're different. right. They probably come in and acquire rather. Mm. But would the, I mean, I guess would would uh, would the guys sell? I mean, if there's enough money in it, sure, sure. But, uh, no, I cash. know a lot of diehard business guys uh, wouldn't sell their business for any money in the world. Um, everyone's for sale at that, <laughs> everyone's for sale at the, the right the price. price. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely. I um, uh, yeah. I, the, I think the only question is is this, is the South African market big enough for Amazon to warrant a deal here? Mm. Do they? Is this market really? Even on their radar, um, you know it's a small economy. Uh, the economy isn't really going anywhere at the moment. E-commerce is small here; it's still estimated to be less than two percent of uh, overall retail. Um, uh, you know, does it even warrant uh, Jeff Bezos' attention?
0: Maybe not now, but I mean, this could certainly be a long-term plan. I mean, it, it takes time. takes time for any e-commerce business to get off the ground. We know take a lot is is the, is the top one in South Africa they Mm. probably have the biggest range of products they've got the best uh, logistics departments or or reach Um, yeah it makes sense to be the king in a small market you know the big fish in a small pond
1: it does It does, but, yeah, I mean, um, e-commerce in South Africa, I get this impression that e-commerce in South Africa just isn't taking off, or it's not taking off to the extent that um, it has in in developed certainly not to the extent as it has in developed markets, but, um, you know, it's still sitting at under 2%. Some people put it around 1% or 2% of overall retail, whereas in the US and Europe, they're talking around 15%, 17% of overall retail. So it's it's tiny here. The, The question is, is there, you know, is there is there a market here for, for can we expand this market to say ten percent of overall sure. retail or is this is the ceiling for e commerce in South Africa that much smaller um, certainly we have a massive informal economy here we have I mean the majority of our, of of, um, of of consumers in South Africa may never engage in 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 e commerce or certainly not in in the foreseeable future um, so the addressable market here is 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 um, quite a bit smaller. Uh, when e-commerce does take off here, it's going to be
0: mobile-driven rather than desktop-driven. Well, TechLot has been uh, pushing their app quite a lot, obviously trying to get people onto that platform. Mm. But, I mean, I, if, if I look at some of the e-commerce companies that I work with um, and the trends that, they, that, that we have on those e-commerce shops um, versus the brick-and-mortar stores because most of these guys that I work with have physical stores as well. We're seeing we that the two kind of v- coming very close. Uh, your your online sales hitting uh, the equivalent of many stores. Uh, in I'm talking about these guys that I'm working with, um, and it's been quite impressive to see to see that growth um, in so, terms sorry. of the, the sure. stuff that people buy. Sorry, let me just let me just uh, sure. get to this point. Um, in, in terms of the stuff that people buy, it I def- definitely see it's a higher LSM market. So the guys with more money spend more money online than they would in retail. Okay. Um, that's, that's kind of how I see it from from these three stores that I work with or three three chains that I work with. And it's been very interesting. There's a massive room for growth. And if you take mm-hmm. all the smaller players in, there's a lot of smaller e-commerce uh, retailers that sell niche products or, or kind of that's true. Uh, niche-themed products, and they're doing re- remarkably well. It's, cause it's such an easy platform to set up and, and mm-hmm. do. So mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, it's obviously going there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there's, there's a lot of money being spent there right now.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and, and I suppose that um, top, I don't know, call it 10 or 20% of the market of, of retail spend in South Africa um, have a lot of money to spend, um, and these are the guys who have computers at home, they have broadband connections, uh, so so these are the same guys who are going to be spending online, and it's a, a big chunk of overall retail spend in South Africa.
0: Yeah. Do you do any kind of monthly buying online? Do you have any kind of buy household toiletries and that kind of thing online, or do you mainly buy gadgets and, and that like?
1: Um, Historically, I would say that um, it's mainly electronics that I bought online, but um, Mm. I've been buying more and more stuff, just regular household stuff through Mm. Take-A-Lot. I buy dog food through (laughs) Take-A-Lot. It's cheaper than going to the local pet shop, um, so I just order it uh, and – Uh, It's also easier than lugging it through a shopping center to my car because it weighs 25 kilograms. Exactly. Um, exactly. So someone delivers it. on The the first time I ordered it, it was quite funny because it arrived on uh, this this delivery, take-a-lot delivery guy on this little 50cc motorbike with this (laughs) 25-kilogram bag of dog food on the back. Uh, it was quite amusing. He didn't look very impressed with it. But
0: <laughs> that is, that is quite funny. It was quite funny to see. But I mean, the fact that you can you can buy. I mean, a lot of the things that I see is kind of the more high value items. So I don't really work with the guys in the the household goods. I mean, this is mostly electronics and that kind of thing. Mm. And. When it comes to that kind of spend i can I can see why people would want to buy it online. You know what you want to buy right? You just want to get the a lot of guys want it first, so if something launches we 'll see a big upsurge in online sales because a lot of people want them first to have it delivered the next day um, and then from the other side, a lot of people obviously just from a comfortability point of view, you know mm-hmm. having your dog food delivered. Um, without having to go to the shop yeah now i must say if if
1: i was living in the states and you had the amazon level of service and stock availability um i I probably would buy all of my household goods Mm. um maybe not fresh food but i think pretty much everything else i'd probably order through amazon i hate shopping yeah um um,
0: but for the fresh food there there are there are other more uh what niche companies that actually provide that so yeah you know, you you pay for a monthly, and every week they bring you sort of a menu and all the ingredients you need. So, uh, you know, you'll you'll use two different services, I guess, in right. a modern, intense, connected world.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, but certainly, the, the, you know, you've got recurring spend, things you have to buy every month: toilet paper, dog yeah. food. Deodorant, um, shampoo, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Those sort of items. I mean, I really don't want to spend my Saturday morning at pick and pay or checkers or spa. Um, mm. Going walking through a supermarket with a trolley, picking them out off the shelves. If I can have like a recurring um, shopping list on 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 Lot or Amazon, whoever it is, and just have those delivered to me routinely, I just get a message saying, "What do you need this month? This 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 this. Please mm-hmm. deliver it to me." I, I would go for that immediately. Oh,
0: definitely. And Takealot's already fulfilling a lot of that. I mean, mm-hmm. they do have uh, a lot of this kind of uh, household goods on their on the shopping list uh, yeah. on their, uh, on their shop. They do. They um, do.
1: They do. They get their their, their range of of ordinary household daily products is,
0: is it has expanded rapidly in the Very last years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just dissected it now and I think that's why there's so much money going into this company because without a doubt, I mean, we, we are already seeing it it's, it's being a popular way for people to spend their money. Yes. But going forward, and undoubtedly, uh, most higher LSM households will be buying their, their goods via the internet. There's no reason to go into a shop. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
0: And, and shops as well, I mean, they got to pay a lot of overheads. So it makes sense for... A company like TakeLot, you know, has overheads, but they it's, it's one or two factories or mm. warehouses that they use to distribute the, the goods.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Right, we need to take an ad break. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fibre, now uncapped. T and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za.
0: Well, welcome back to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Duncan? Have you found your Easter eggs yet? Uh, I haven't actually been
1: looking while we've been talking, <laughs> but uh, my, uh, recording at home again, obviously, and my dogs are running around and uh, scratching under things. So um, I think they're busy with their Easter egg hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so excuse the background noise and uh, snuffling. um will call it ambience. They're keeping themselves busy, yeah. Great. So um, lots of uh, lots of corporate news this week, actually. We, mm-hmm. I mean, internet, DFA, Nasdaq, and take a lot, and now, of course, data tech. Uh, putting out a cautionary this week, uh, Datatech is a company we don't really talk about much uh, on this podcast or, or even on Tech Central. They're a very big company though, listed on the JSE. Uh, they've got uh, revenues in the tens of billions of, of rand. They are, um, they're a big company. In fact, I think their revenues around five, six, seven billion US dollars. Uh, they um, uh, they operate in in markets across the world, uh, including South Africa, um, but South Africa is a tiny portion of their of their global revenue uh, they uh, operate in North America Europe uh, Asia um, they're they're a very big company by revenue uh, most of their um, sales come through a company called Westcon which is a big technology distributor mm. um, I guess similar to um, you know Tarsus or um, even Mustek uh, or Pinnacle here in South Africa similar sort of business area uh, they do have an o- office here in South Africa and um, uh, Westcon, that is, uh, and mm. um, very big business. And um, they put out a cautionary this week saying that uh, they are looking to sell Westcon or certainly a big chunk of Westcon uh, for an amount of $800 million, which works out to just over, wow. I think, 11 billion rand, which is also around what their market capitalization is. Uh, so at face value, data looks like an undervalued share, mm. but um, uh, certainly... Uh, 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 would be transformative for data tech. Um, Westcon, as I said, makes up the bulk of their revenue. Uh, they also own Logicalis, which is an IT services business, and Analysis Mason, which uh, does, I think, te- mainly telecommunications-type research and consulting services. Um, but Westcon is the bulk of their business. So um, they th- that business ran into some difficulties, I think, over the last year, um, uh, which has impacted on Datatech's profitability. Uh, and it appears that uh, someone has now come along and seen this as an opportunity and has made an offer to them, so uh, or is in discussions about making an offer to them. And uh, so they've put out a cautionary. They've said that there's no uh, clarity at this stage on whether this deal is actually going to happen or not. Uh, they just uh, have informed shareholders that they are in these talks. Uh, so um, transformative deal for this, uh, for this business, listed on the JSC and on the uh, AIM market in London, um, I think the primary listings here on the JSE still, even though uh, South Africa makes up a tiny portion of their uh, total revenues these days. Uh, their CEO, Jens Montanana, um, who is British, uh, is based in the UK, I think uh, just outside of London. Uh, and they really are a globalized international business now that started here in South Africa. Um, they, um, I think they started selling by selling U.S. robotic modems, if I remember correctly. I remember chatting to Jens soon after he started the business, and I, I think I bought a US Robotics modem from yes, him. Yes,
0: that was like a decade or more ago. Oh, it
1: was twenty years ago. It was. Uh, it was. Dial up was just starting in South Africa. Oh
0: yeah, the ninth, late
1: nineties. Yeah. yeah, I think it was around '94 that they started, somewhere yeah. around there, maybe even a bit earlier. Um, and they, they, I seem to recall, they had some sort of involvement or cross-shareholding or. Um, they, they certainly had a close relationship with UUNET, um, which eventually, through multiple acquisitions and mergers, is now MTN Business. Um, but UUNET—I don't know if you remember UUNET. Yeah. I think yeah. they merged with Internet Africa, and they were called UUNET Internet Africa for a while. Um, I forget <laughs> yeah, of- all—I forget all the corporate action that happened there. But they eventually became MTN Business. But there was some relationship with data tech in those early days, if I remember—if mm, mm. I remember correctly. Uh, but Datatech, Datatech you know, did a number of massive acquisitions, and they they really globalised their business um, in that period, in the late 90s, into the 2000s, and they've they've done very well for themselves. Uh, I think over the last decade, they've kind of been moving a bit sideways. If you look at the share price, it hasn't really shot the lights out. Um, but certainly this uh, this deal to sell Westcon, which by its nature is a low margin distribution business, mm. uh, changes the nature of the, of Datatech. I mean, Logicalis, a IT services company so by its very nature it's got a higher profit margin different type of business um, so it really changes the makeup of the group uh, it'll be interesting to see what data tech looks like a year or two from now if this uh, if the sale goes ahead uh, but uh, significant corporate action uh, so lots happening on this uh, short easter week so yeah, the other bit of news i wanted to talk about this week was uh, hetzner um also a company we don't talk about that much uh, but qu- qu- they've built quite a significant hosting business uh, and a big data center. I think it's in Midrand. Mm. Um, they host over 330,000 websites uh, in that data center. Uh, so they've they've quietly built quite a significant business there. Uh, and they're announcing... I-, I was a bit surprised that it, they're only announcing this now. I would have thought they'd done this earlier, but they announced this week that they are now peering at NAP Africa. Uh, NAP Africa, of course, is um, um, the... Uh, uh, peering Exchange, Internet Exchange Point, um, based at uh, TerraCo's facilities in Isando. They have already peered, I believe, with NAP Africa in uh, Cape Town. In Cape Town, yeah. And they also peer with uh, the Johannesburg Internet Exchange, which is um, uh, the uh, Internet Exchange, I think, run by the Internet Service Providers Association, or certainly started by the Internet Service Providers Association. Uh and uh, now announcing that they're going to be peering at, uh, at NAP Africa at uh, terracos Data Center in Isanda. and uh, i think this is going to have a big impact on uh, performance of the internet here in South Africa because so many websites are hosted through Hetzner oh, yeah uh, that um uh, that it, it, just the fact that the traffic is going to be peered locally through that peering point uh, will should should um lead to a, an improved uh, experience uh, for people just browsing the web in our local websites here in South Africa. Uh, because oh, it's definitely, world, definitely. Uh, a lot of yeah. It, I'm a, sorry, uh, Richard, carry
0: on. I'm, a, I'm a big HeadSnap fan. I've been using them for as long as I've been using the internet, and uh, I've never really had a speed problem. But yeah, something like this uh, is fantastic. You know, to to really get uh, all of the juice squeezed out of that uh, pipe uh, that's getting to your server. Indeed. So
1: they've put in a 10 gigabit per second pipe between themselves and uh, Isando TerraCrest hmm. data center uh so that's um a big chunk of bandwidth no doubt they'll fill it up but uh oh, yeah but uh you know they'll put down more uh, you know <laughs> put, put down some more f- fiber pairs and off you go but uh great news i think uh that uh, mm. uh, uh south africans it should have a meaningful impact on on south africans and also i think lower the cost for isps as well
0: oh yeah mm. definitely
1: So Rechot, the last item of news this week is something very interesting that you picked up and uh, that's uh, something to do with the Star Trek Tricorder.
0: I'm very curious. Tell me more. Yes, so for those people that listen to this podcast, I'm sure there's not many of them that don't know what a Tricorder is uh, from Star Trek's uh, uh, infamous, uh, well, from the infamous Star Trek or from a famous Star Trek. The Tricorder is a device that kind of Diagnose any medical condition uh, kind of in a few seconds. Um, and this week, the Calcom Foundation, along with the XPRIZE Foundation, announced that there's a winning team um, in a four-year-long uh, competition Um, uh, The company called Final Frontier Medical Devices, uh, they received a top prize of $2.6 million um, to further their study on this device. Uh, So far, they've done some tests. They're able to, uh, you know, they've got sensors on this um, hardware. We'll put a link in the show notes. And they're able to pick up 12 medical conditions at the moment using this so-called tricorder device. Uh, conditions such as diabetes and hepatitis A, as well as the absence of disease, uh, can be detected uh, using this technology. Obviously, it's nothing like the tricorder from the Star Trek series at the moment, but you can imagine, uh, with technology going, uh, uh, t- technology being built so, so rapidly, uh, in a few years we'll probably see something in a handheld device that uh, you can pick up in the pharmacy, uh, you know, to to kind of figure out what's wrong with you.
1: <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Um, sounds great Um. Yeah, I'm a big Star Trek fan uh, What was the name of the doctor? It was a Bones <laughs> yeah. Bones, yeah. Bones yeah. It was Bones, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, he, he was always um, grumpy about something uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like pretty <laughs> yeah, cool shit yeah. Pretty cool technology uh, Will you uh, send me the uh, URL for that And I'll include in the show notes uh, I this, will do so, this yeah. episode, cool Well, that covers the news this week uh, Rehat, um let's uh, move on to our regular features of the week And I've picked our winner this week As communications regulator ICASA um, and um, they probably don't get plaudits that often. So, mm, yeah, um, I know. <laughs> but they're our winner this week for um, publishing draft regulations on TV Whitespace Spectrum. Uh, they've um, This was started, if I recall correctly, by William Stuckey, a former councillor who did quite a lot of work on... Uh, on this white spaces. There were a number of trials that were run. You'll remember that Microsoft and Google were involved in those trials. There was one in Cape Town and one up in Limpopo near Polokwane, which Microsoft was involved in. Uh, and those trials were concluded successfully. Uh, ECAS has now put out a discussion document and a set of draft regulations uh, on uh, TV white space's um, re- spectrum and how it's going to be regulated in South Africa. So, a big step forward, and um, probably one of the first countries in the world to do this. Um, of course, TV white space spectrum is um, the use of uh, spectrum or gaps in the spectrum of the analog TV broadcasters. So, we're talking sub uh, 700, sub 800 megahertz uh, spectrum here, uh, ideal for providing services in uh, rural areas. Uh, just because of the um, propagation characteristics of mm. um, say five, six hundred, seven hundred megahertz spectrum. Uh, so ICASA publishing these r- uh, draft regulations asking for um, industry uh, inputs and 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 feedback. Uh, uh, kudos to them. Uh, they moved quickly relatively quickly on it, and um, the draft regulations are out. and um, I think it um, it's 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 great stuff because you know we've got a digital divide in this country. And uh, yeah. TV white Whitespace's spectrum looks like a very good way of helping to address that problem. Mm. Uh, so um, as soon as these uh, regulations get finalized, the better, because it's going to allow entrepreneurs and uh, people involved in the space, I know there's some NGOs involved as well, um, to get out there and start to deploy this technology and um, start to wire up rural villages, et cetera, that uh, just don't have access to the Internet at the moment. Either because um, there's no coverage, or uh, because it's not the mobile solutions are not affordable. Mm, mm. It's about time. Yeah, our loser this week is a British PR agency uh, called Bell Pottinger. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard of them. They (laughs) are the PR agents. They were the PR agents to the Guptas, uh, specifically to their uh, their company Bay Investments. uh, they 've made uh, there've been all sorts of allegations that um bell Pottinger was behind all the um fake uh Twitter accounts uh, tweeting in mm. favor of jacob Zuma, etc they've denied that, but certainly they were doing uh, a lot of the um behind the scenes uh, uh work for the guptas uh p r work for the guptas in in their battle with the finance minister etc um anyway, they have resigned the account uh um, and saying that uh, they've come under um, political attack and that there's a smear campaign being run against them, which <laughs> is probably the most ironic thing I've heard this year. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Um, that's precisely what they were engaging in. Um, so, anyway, they've lost, they've they've resigned the account. Uh, and I suspect a lot of South Africans will be saying good riddance. Yeah, um, I agree.
0: So, they're, they're, they're our loser of the week. Um, what's your pick this week, Rachat? Um, So, Duncan, you like to take photographs, right? I do. I like to take photographs. Um, There's a million and one applications out there for you to edit your photographs, and I often jump between so many various ones, depending on what I want to do. I often use Instagram for their filters, but uh, an application that's been around for a little while that I've... With the, with the last few updates that I've really started to love um, is an app called Snapseed. It's available on both iOS and Android devices, and uh, it's made by Google. Now the the history of this um, of this application actually stems back, and we spoke about this I think a year or two ago. Um, the, there's a company that Google bought uh, called Nick Software, or at least a software uh, licence. Oh. Well, a software company that, uh, that Google bought. And this essentially is, still exists, but uh, they've turned this into an application called Snapseed. Now, just as any kind of photo editing application, you have all normal filters and uh, color changes and kind of cropping and adding special effects. But what I like about Snapseed, and as you would expect from a nicely designed Google um, Google application, this, this uh, Snapseed actually does it with so much um, finesse. Um, it's a really… Uh, easy application to use but there 's a few things that that you can add that's um, that you don 't really get with your normal photo editing applications um, and i 'm just opening my application here now but uh, some of some of the features that I really like uh, you can add text and you can uh, kind of m- m- create mosaics um, out of your uh, out of your photographs um, you can also work you can also d- uh, develop raw photographs if you have access to that in your phone, which is absolutely fantastic um, and then, uh, yeah, the layout of it is another thing that I really liked. You know, there's, there's pre, uh, uh, filters that you can add very quickly because uh, the layout really lends itself to to getting to those tools that you want to get to. So if I'm out in the field and I want to uh, create some nice photographs for a blog post or for, for, uh, for Facebook, for argument's sake, you know, I've been using this application a lot more because it's so slick um, and it's got a lot of – Uh, really advanced tools that I haven't found in one place uh, in other apps. You know, I normally switch between various apps to get this functionality done. Um, So if you're into photography, well worth checking out. Snapseed, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would have already been using it.
1: Cool, cool. It sounds like a good app. I'm going to go check it out. Um, My pick this week is a bit offbeat. Um, It's called History Timeline. It's available, um, from what I can tell, only for Android. But it's a really cool little app. It's an educational app uh, that someone clearly has put an an, an enormous amount of time into. Uh, You fire it up, and uh, it gives you a view uh, of all of history uh, in a Mm. timeline. Um, And you can zoom in or zoom out as much as you like. You can zoom out all the way to 13 billion years ago which is when the universe started sure um or you can zoom in right into you know a particular year in history um and it's very easy to use you literally slide your finger along and and uh you find a period you're looking for say the 1800s and then you start to zoom in and then it shows you topics um and the more you zoom in the more topics you see Um, more detailed it gets awesome and every topic is linked to a wikipedia entry uh so um you know, if you're just a bit bored or you're if you're a fan of history, uh, and you wanna just you just you just fire it up and just scroll through it and you 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 see all these um mm. these entries and you say, Well, I don't actually know all a match about that. Let me learn a bit about it. I'm standing in the bank you let me just read about, for example, the 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 Russian Persian War or um Pope Francis the First, or I'm just looking at the app here, or um the Kingdom of Great Britain, or hmm. uh um uh don't even know who he is, Karl Linnaeus. uh Or uh, the spirit of the laws, or Jane Austen—it's all here. I mean, and it's obviously Wikipedia has got so many entries, you don't know where to start. But this is a fantastic history of the world uh, that you can uh, zoom into, and and as I said, you can you can really zoom all the way out, and you can go read about the Big Bang right at the start, which I think is the first entry in here. Um, I certainly hope there's nothing in there before the Big Bang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ancient
0: civilizations, that was what before. But I like the layout. Uh, it, it seems to put a lot of things in context. So, I mean, if you know the Second World War mm. or um, the Dark Ages, you can see what happened before or during or after that, which is great.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it puts everything in context. You can see what else was happening exactly. around the time. Uh, and what, what it also does is it, 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 um, it shows you the, the timeline so you can see how long something lasted for as well. Uh, mm. it's, all, it's all carefully color-coded as well. A great deal of thought has gone into this app, and if you're a, in any way a fan of history or want to find out more about history, then uh, this is a brilliant uh, way to do it. It's called History Timeline, and uh, from what I can tell, it's only available for Android at the moment. Um, I can imagine, I'm looking at it on my phone, but I can imagine it, it even looks even better on a tablet because just because of the amount of detail available. Oh, yeah, in the, oh, yeah. Uh, so History Timeline for Android, highly recommended. Cool. Shall we, uh,
0: Rachel, should we do our quiz results? Yes, let's do that. Uh, The first question in this week's quiz Nasper's plans to invest 960 million Rand into TakeAlot, which will see its stake in the company increase to 53.5%. Who is the second biggest shareholder in TakeAlot? And the answer, as we've mentioned, Tiger Global Management.
1: Uh, the second question was Vula Investments subsidiary Vula Telematics is planning to build a nationwide Internet of Things network or IoT network using which company's technology? And uh, that's an American company called Ingenu.
0: The third question. The Gupta's PR firm this week resigned as a client to controversial family's business Oak Bay Investments. Who are they? And for a bonus point, where are they headquartered? The answer is Bell Pottinger, and they're located in London, England. Fourth question, which
1: two South African headquartered telecoms companies had their rating outlooks cut this week by Standard & Poor's? And the answer to that question is Telcom and poor
0: old MTN. MTN. (laughs) And the final question, Datatech is in talks to sell one of its business subsidiaries for more than $800 million. What is the subsidiary called? And the answer is Westcon. Westcon.
1: And uh that is our show for this week. I see on our show notes notes here that it says "Away next week is that uh is that mean does that mean you're away or is that something No, old I the think show?
0: that might have been from uh, last week or two weeks ago oh right I okay. think it's we're all good to go okay good stuff
1: so um next week, uh, hopefully we're back to normal um and the manic of the holidays actually there's, something holidays, yeah. there's actually a lot more coming out there uh, we've got the holidays at the end of this month as well the twenty seventh yeah, and yeah. the first of May. Uh, But after this Easter weekend, uh, hopefully we'll um, be back in the studio recording this uh, next Friday. So Hello. I will see you in person, rahat <laughs> yeah, It's been a while.
0: I don't know what you look like. Anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed. I've gotten really old and gray. And uh... <laughs> no, It hasn't been that long. Um, great stuff. Um, so, but it's been fun doing this via
0: Skype. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's nice to have us as backup, too. It means we don't really have to miss a week if for some reason we can't get uh, to the studio.
1: That's true. That's true. If, uh, if one of us is in Cape Town or uh, away, um, we can always uh, try and uh, hook, hook, hook up a session. Um, but uh, yeah, as always if you've uh, got any feedback on the show uh, info at techcentral.co.za if you've got any feedback from us for us if you're a fellow podcaster on what might have been causing that weird problem we had last week with the pitch on Rechard's voice uh, drop us a mail we'd love your input on that um, so yeah from myself and Rechard until next time take care
0: ciao ciao ciao